0: Let us pray together. Dear God, through all the tumult and the strife, help us to hear your music ringing, and may it find an echo in our souls so that we might keep on singing. Amen. Two weeks ago at our hymn sing at Clayton and Dottie's farm, we sang several of their favorite hymns together, and I'm seeing several of you who were there at that special occasion. And did you notice how Clayton and Dottie, after each hymn, had a story to share about something connected with that hymn, singing Each one prompted this dear couple in their 90s to share with us some of the special and crucial God moments in their lives together over the years. You see, God has somehow created each one of us, wired us in such a way that singing helps us to express the inexpressible. Isn't that true? especially at our times of deepest sadness and deepest joy. As it's been said, we, when we sing together, our words seem to be given wings and to catch flight. They soar. So friends, what would happen this morning if we were to reimagine the whole story of the Bible through today's focus on singing, I want to just give that a go very, very briefly and see if it might help us to hear some things in a fresh light. So in the centuries before Jesus, the Hebrew prophets were struggling to teach their people how to sing God's four-part harmony. the four-part harmony of healing salvation, reconciling love, justice for the poor, and holy living. But sadly, everybody's singing, God's people's singing of God's beautiful song kept sliding off key and turning discordant. And so when the time is right, our loving God draws near to our world filled with disharmony. And in Jesus, God's exquisite song becomes flesh. And slowly, folks begin to realize that Jesus, with his perfect pitch, I know a couple of us here have perfect pitch, with his perfect pitch is restoring and reclarifying the central melody of God's exquisite song that runs through all the law and prophets. Amidst all the 613 commandments, what is that central melody? Ah, love God, Jesus sings, and love your neighbor as yourselves. Love, Jesus says, is the central melody of God's song. And then Jesus gathers together a choir <laughs> of fisher folk and rebels and outcasts and sinners to sing God's song like it's never been sung before. But in the end, it's a song that's so threatening to the political and religious powers that it costs Jesus's life for singing God's song. But then God raises the singer three days later and shows us that nothing can ever keep this song from being sung. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? And friends, here we are. 2,000 years later, living in these hugely uncertain times. And we gather together each Sunday to remember how to sing God's song, because we forget sometimes in our lives. To practice the song together. To hear one another sing its beautiful and different parts. You have a different part to sing than I do. To remember always that its central melody is love. And then to take this song out into our city, our neighborhoods, our homes, and our schools to sing it. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? During my sabbatical, I was deeply impacted by reading the journal of Eddie Hillesum i mentioned her 2 weeks ago a woman in her late 20s living under the nazi occupation of holland etty hillesum remember her because to her embarrassed astonishment this completely secular jew starts Feeling drawn to drop to her knees, bow her head, open her hands and her heart to God in quiet contemplation. Now, for Eddie, was this just delusional escapism from the horrors of the war around her? At first, I wondered. But in her writing, she faces again and again. The terrible reality of Hitler's occupation, the concentration camps, and Hitler's plan to wipe out her people. She sees it clearly. She faces it. She's not hiding from the world. But in the face of all of this doom, Eddie keeps on hearing God's clear call to her to keep on refusing to hate. To keep on refusing to despair, to keep on refusing to fear, and instead, and instead to keep on choosing to love all the suffering people around her. And indeed, later, survivors say that her presence among them is especially luminous. And on September 7, 1943, Eddie and a thousand other Jews are loaded onto a train at a Nazi transit camp and shipped off to what they know will be their certain death in Auschwitz. And during that three-day journey Eddie slips a postcard through an opening in her packed cattle car that is later picked up by farmers and sent by post to her Dutch friend. And on that bumpy ride... Eddie scribbles down a short message on a postcard that you can see in your bulletin today that includes these five astonishing words. We left the camp singing. We left the camp singing. It's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, even in those situations, how can we keep from singing? Amen.